On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. You want excitement? So tell your folks, buy me, Bonestorm, or go to hell! Buy me, Bonestorm, or go to hell! This is Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer-fueled sports show. From the TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada, here's your host, Matt Robinson. Ah, uh, nuts. I mean, um, ah, uh, nuts. And Michaela Schreider. Woohoo! Beer, 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 bad, bad, bad. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Tall Can Audio. I am Michaela. He is Matt. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Matt, how you doing today? Screeds. If I were any better, I'd have to be two people. Whoa, look at that. Yeah. Look yeah. at that. We're we're what, two minutes in and already we got a a, a dad joke. <laughs> it is true. We're uh, off to a great start. It is something stolen right out of my old man's back pocket, I suppose, if we're being honest about it. How are you? I'm fantastic. Wow. Living right. the dream. Yeah. Okay. Um you know, it's we're all we're all living in this. Just getting by, right? Just doing our Just thing. Just getting by. <laughs> God damn! I'm just I'm, I'm thankful to be drinking beer today. Let's just uh, let's just say that. Um, and and I have a lot of exciting stuff to talk about, which I'm also which is which is part of the reason why I'm doing great. So we'll okay. get into yeah. that later. Uh, and I have new exciting beer to talk to you about. Wow! Not, okay. Unfortunately, a kegerator beer yet. Still oh no! On that. Okay, we're still, still trying to that. to mull that over, trying to figure everything out. Well, I think I think I mentioned in the last episode that we were going down to Toronto uh, last weekend, which we did. It was a very quick trip. We left Saturday, came back Sunday. Right. My best friend just got engaged, um, so we went down to surprise her. Awesome. Her, her fiance was in on it, but we went down to take them out for for dinner and celebrate what and all a that good stuff. Friend, so, four hours know. one way, four hours back to take you out for dinner. You are a catch as a friend. I know people are lucky to know me. Um, I'm modest too. Yeah, obviously, I'm the uh, most modest person. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so all that being said, uh, plus the weekend before that, I believe was uh, was Labor Day weekend, and we mm-hmm. had plans. So weird having plans right now. I know. Weird, very weird. Um, but we didn't want to go get a keg because then we're like, yep. Well, it's just gonna sit dormant yep. in our <laughs> in our fridge. So and you don't want it to become work, like where there's a deadline. Like, oh god, it's gonna go bad, and we have to like exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Be- drinking beer should never be work. No, should always be fun. <laughs> so I think I think we're gonna try and get something sorted out this week. But uh, knowing me, it'll be next 
actually I'm not going to be here next week. Um, so whenever I get back, uh, it'll probably be another, okay, let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I think that's fair. Um, it, it, like you say, it, you don't want it to become work. You don't want it to be a thing that's, that's kind of tough to wrap your arms around. Although a keg sometimes can be tough to wrap your arms around. Um, I can tell you that, uh, it hasn't happened often, but it, it's not infrequent either where, We'll go pick up a keg, and then you've been to my building. Like, there's balconies all the way up and down. And so you, like, pull it out of the back of the truck, and you're walking through the parking lot carrying this. And there's, like, people like, what unit number is that? <laughs> Where's that going? <laughs> right, so um, you guys that are out, out in the uh, the boons of Almont maybe won't have quite the same thing. Oh, it's not uncommon for the neighbors to take notice. You may have some people suddenly wanting to become reacquainted, but this is this is an incredible journey. I'm glad we're all taking with you, Michaela. Exactly. And I will continue to keep you updated. But <laughs> Matt, how are you doing right now? I'm okay. Um, yeah, no, look, things are good. I, I'll be honest with you uh, and, and with the audience um, because this has been on my mind a little bit today. And... I have a bit of a headache, which is actually a relief from what I thought might happen. But yesterday, which would be Tuesday, I had my third jab. And longtime listeners of this show will know that, you know, about 10 years ago, I had a kidney transplant. And so, uh, you know, you're on some drugs to keep your immune system suppressed and stuff like that. And so I was amongst one of those people that was recommended to get a third dose. I was like, all right, like the, your first reaction is whatever you say, like, well, most people's not everybody's first reaction <laughs> as we've learned yeah um you know whatever the doctors say whatever the scientists say i'm gonna go do that but there's a small part of you as you're sitting there even knowing that like medically people are suggesting this is a good thing there's a part of you that's like oh man i am fully aware of how many people around the world haven't yet had their first so there is some guilt that goes into it, um, which kind of weighed on me a little bit Tuesday night as I was going to sleep. Like, we have them anyway. I don't know, you know, especially the mRNA uh, ones, whether they could keep, like, if I don't take it, will it be sent to someone or will it just be pitched, right? Like, those sorts of things weigh on your mind too. Um, so there is some guilt, but at the same time, if the scientists and the doctors are saying that I'm in a group that, that should have a third one, um, then I will. And... That was sort of how I justified it to myself, but uh, I can tell you, um, the first time I had it, it absolutely kicked the living crap out of me. I achy everything, flu symptoms, just pounding headaches, sweat all day. Um, the second one wasn't quite as bad, and this third one, again, hasn't been quite as bad, but the headache is still just whew, like taking its toll oh, all day. No. So, um, you know, I, I think... You're grateful that you have the opportunity to go get the third one. And, and just, again, I, I don't want to harp on it too long because, you know, it, it, it's different for everybody. But um, there was enough studies done on, on people in situations like me around the world. This, the two really didn't take like we'd want, right? It didn't amount to enough of an immune response. Mm -hmm. The third one, apparently is better. It's still not what most people are getting, but it's better. And so I'm feeling a little better today that, you know, I've taken that extra step and, and maybe that means as we move forward, I feel a little more comfortable with some things, but, uh, yeah, there is, it's almost like a, 
post-wedding or something, right? Like there is a hangover for me that comes with every one of these jabs. And I did say to the doctors, I was sitting there like, I'd like to stop coming here. <laughs> like this is not all that much fun. So hopefully this third one is going to, is going to take a bit, but uh, otherwise doing all right. So the most important question, Matt, other than, you know, hopefully your, how is your immune system doing? Which beer are you going to drink stuff? your headache away with? Exactly. You read my mind. So which beer is going to help you today? So this is the second beer of the week that's been featured on this show from uh, up in the northern part of the province. This one is from the Sleeping Giant Brewing Company. I don't think I've ever had anything from these guys. They're up in Thunder Bay. And this is the Bone Rock Oatmeal Stout. And, uh, you know, me and Stouts and I'm anxious to see them kind of creeping back into our lives here this time of year. But I got to tell you, when I see Bone Rock, it makes me think of, uh, or sorry, Skull Rock is the name of the beer. Skull Rock Oatmeal Stout from the Sleeping Giant Brewing Company. Uh, When I see Skull Rock, I can't help but think of that episode of The Simpsons where Bart steals Bone Storm. And... (laughs) And for some reason, shut up, mom. <laughs> like, there's the, no mom. I have Bloodstorm and. Gavin, don't you already have this game? No, mom, you idiot. I have Bloodstorm and Bone Squad and Bloodstorm too, stupid. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. We'll take a Bone Storm. Well, get two. I'm not sharing with Caitlin. What I can't even all, <laughs> but for some reason, Skull Rock makes me think of uh, of Bone Storm. So, yeah, this is a five percent oatmeal stout uh, out of the Sleeping Giant Brewing Company, and I did reference it. This is the second brewery from the northern part of the province. I would suggest to the good listener, um, episode eight seventy four dropped on Tuesday morning. We had Mike Camito. Uh, author of the book Hockey 365, Daily Stories from the Ice. He was on, and that was because he has a new book dropping at the end of this month, Hockey 365, The Second Period, More Daily Stories from the Ice. Uh, he's a Sudbury guy. Actually, he's he's the guy leading the charge for an NHL expansion franchise in the Sudbury Thunder Bay market. <laughs> it's a big market, uh, geographically, small population. But uh, yeah, um, so he was on with a beer from the uh, the Manitoulin Brewing Company, a lot of things from the... The, uh, the northern part of the province this week, but that's what I'm going with. What do you got going on? So I am on my, my trip back from Toronto. I made a little pit stop and I don't get to say this very often. I went to a brewery I've never been before. Yeah, they're getting thinner and thinner, eh? Harder and harder to find the ones <sighs> I, I haven't been to yet. If only I didn't have this drinking problem that <laughs> forces me to go to all of them. Um, I don't know whether to call this 762 or 7 slash 62. We're going to go 7 slash 62. Uh, but Maybe it is it's a July sixty second. Could be a calendar I think, reading. I think it's so. <laughs> if, what would that be? August first. I'm sorry, I've interrupted you. I don't know what okay. I'm doing anymore. Because I'll explain what the meaning is. Yeah, okay. um, oh, good. It's it's in Maydock, and for those of you who don't know, somewhat eastern Ontario. That's where uh, the McDonald's Maydock. is on Highway Seven between Peterborough and Ottawa. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it is right at the intersection of Highway Seven and Highway sixty two. So, wow. hence the name. Hi, uh, okay. Slash or I like this. You yes, okay. Uh, so we stopped there and and got a little variety of their beers, mm-hmm. and we got the very rare these days beer in a growler, which oh, I'm super excited yeah. about. Um, and so I I dipped into this one. May may or may not be sharing it with someone else in my household, but that remains to be seen at this <laughs> point. Um, and it is their Al's Best Bitter, which I had. So I, I don't have a dramatic 
can opening sound because I already opened and pulled Fair it. Enough. But I have to say, this is this is one of the best kind of it's that English bitter style yep. to it, right? So it looks like an amber, but it kind of tastes like a lager with some bitterness to it. Yep, like that. A little bit of kind of malty complexity as well. It's so good, <laughs> so good. This is this is the kind of beer I love drinking when I know it's a beautiful fall day and it's actually very warm out today as we record this on Wednesday mm-hmm. afternoon. But you know, we're getting into fall. Yep. And I've talked about my love for fall as a basic white woman. Um, <laughs> and this is the kind, I, I'm not a pumpkin spice latte fan, right. but this is the kind of, of beverage that I prefer in the fall. So that is what I'm going with today. So this is, uh, and I've, I've hit that intersection a thousand times, Highway 7 and 62 North. We on the north side of the highway, the south side, like guide me in here because I need to discover this place. So you're going to get off at Highway 62 in Belleville, which for me was off-putting because it is literally not even oh so you're like, down coming off the 401 at belleville coming off I'm, I'm up on seven already right so yeah no i'm, yeah. I'm taking you through okay. the whole journey yeah okay. okay um so i normally get off on highway seven or highway 37 that takes you to highway seven or whatever sure. so it's the next intersection so yeah. it threw me off getting off earlier anyway so there 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 was step one and then you basically take highway 62 from belleville all the way up to to highway seven but it kind of veers off you gotta like turn left right. and then turn right and then Right before you get to Highway 7, literally like a football field before okay. Highway 7. On the you're looking side, at yeah, and, right. and they've got a nice, we, we couldn't stop. We were on a time crunch, but they right. had a nice little patio. We were so like kicking ourselves that we weren't able to stop. Um, so I, I would even recommend like people in Ottawa, if you're looking for like a day road trip. Sure. Um, I would highly recommend checking this place out. I, I, this is the first beer I've tried from them. I've got a few others I'll go through, but <laughs> this is uh, this is incredibly tasty. Okay, see, I'm happy to know this because yeah, frequent trip for me to be down seven from Ottawa to just kind of west of Peterborough and then back and then down and then back and then down and so I've been looking but apparently not hard enough for little breweries kind of i know perth is along there we've talked about them before uh, there's a few in Peter bro that work out pretty well um bob cajun and and Lindsay and fenland falls all have uh, brewing but uh, something in the middle there something along the way not a bad place to stop maybe have a little lunch have a pint uh, i'm gonna have to check this out exactly it's that perfect pit stop especially if you if you are making the trip from ottawa to toronto or vice versa it's almost like right in the middle right so it's that perfect little pit stop, and uh, you know it's it's rare for people like us to find breweries we haven't honestly, been to. yeah. Um, seven sixty two, seven sixty two, love it. Uh, so we've got. I mean, listen, the dog days of of summer are over, but the dog days of sports. I guess this is like what we're in right now. Hey, I always appreciate a little Florence. Um, Except for me. What we're in right now is like typically what we would kind of experience in mid to late August, minus the NFL being back, which is exciting. Um, You know, baseball and CFL are kind of our our two prominent sports. And then, of course, the WNBA, which uh, is wrapping up its regular season very soon. I didn't know you followed women's sports. I know. (laughs) Who knew, it's a little known fact about me. I kind of like women's it's sports. It's crazy, yeah. Um, actually, speaking of which. I, this is why I, I, I tried to subtly pump the brakes a little bit, like hoping you were going to bring us all inside your little bubble here. Look at you and your segues. <laughs> so that gives me a perfect opportunity to highlight something that I know I can talk about now because Excellent. the email officially went out. 
Um, but next Wednesday, September 22nd, OSAG is hosting uh, a little Q&A session with Vanessa Gill, who you may know from the Canadian women's soccer team who just won Olympic gold in Tokyo. And I have the very kind of special privilege of monitoring, of moderating it. Um, so Incredible. I'm going to be there asking her very calm and rational questions like, do you have Christine St. Clair's number? <laughs> Do you and love me? Will I you sign it? this for me? Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm just going to be up there fangirling. So if you want to come and watch um, a grown woman fangirl over someone who is much younger than her, I highly recommend it. Uh, but so yeah, where I'm is re- this? This is going to be at uh, TD Place. Mm-hmm. Um, doors are at gate. So you're going to enter at gate four. Do- doors open at 445. Um, and uh, for those of you who are somewhat familiar with TD Place, it's going to be at the craft corner, kind of on the corner of the south side. It's good um, And the east side, I guess. Um, Tickets geography. or how do we uh, how do we get in? So you, you will need to buy your tickets. Yep. Uh, ba- Check out TSN 1200's uh, Twitter. They tweeted something about it today. I, I retweeted as well at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. I believe the Red Blacks and OSEG have also tweeted it. I know an email went out, but I don't know who it went to. Okay. Um, so I, I think uh, just following those platforms, on those accounts on Twitter is, is your best bet. I don't know how many tickets there are. I imagine they are limited. So I suggest you get them fast. I think that's a good call. And we'll make sure those links go up as well at Tall Can Audio and uh, on social media. This is awesome. And this is the stuff that, that is so cool to see you doing because you are as passionate and as knowledgeable as anyone, you know, certainly in the market and, and probably on a much larger scale than that. But having the opportunity to sit down with these people and, you know, combine your, you know, I, I imagine you'll be able to somewhat contain your fangirl uh, exterior, but uh, but to sit down and to, like you said, the moderating and the interviewing and asking some questions and just seeing what this all looks, I think that's incredible. So congratulations for the opportunity. And yeah, we'll make sure the links get out there for anyone else who wants to check this out. It's incredible. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm really excited. I was, I was very happy that the Red Blacks thought of me and yeah. asked me to do this and... Uh, um, yeah, been, I'm, I'm really looking. I'm forward a little to it. surprised that they thought of you because you've been taking some shots there on Mouchoir, right? Like it's and not unfounded Listen. ones, not unfounded ones. They're legit. There's there's reasons to criticize the Red Blacks a little bit right now. Um, but yeah, and and that really just speaks to their own integrity, right? To be like, yeah, that's fair, and and still want to have the people like you involved, right? Who have that credibility and have that knowledge, even though you're maybe kind of having it time to time to take a swipe or two <laughs> at what's happening on the field. And and listen, like I always make sure that when I'm critical of a team and I have been known to, to do that, mm-hmm. I am critical of, you know, play and impacts on yes, the field. I, the tr- I try not to make things personal. No. I have no reason to. The Red Blacks have, you know, their players have never done anything to me. No. Um, and, and listen, like I, it's no secret. They're one in four. They're not a good team this it, it year. Does, it does seem that's true. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know Jr. at TSN twelve hundred, I think he said this a few times, but he always he always kind of says like I wouldn't say anything on the air that I wouldn't say to the player's face. Right. That's kind of how I try to operate. I'm sure you know I don't know how much Matt Nichols would love me saying I think his confidence is shaken right. to his face. He may disagree, and 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 I always say like I'm not in their heads. This no. is just what me as a fan is interpreting. Yep. Um, and, and yeah, the Red Blacks are, are not good. They made some moves this week, though. I will give them credit. We talked about this on Mouchoir. They brought in four wide receivers, a running back, and a long snapper. So to say that they're not at least trying to address the issues of 
little to no offense. Right. You know, that's that's unfair. They're they're they they brought in. Oh in no, particular. they're working at it. Yeah. They're work exactly. Yeah. And like we'll see how this goes. It's it's always difficult. You know, they brought in Kenny Stafford who's who's got a lot of experience in the CFL, mostly with the Edmonton Elks, helped them win a uh uh, Grey Cup back in 2015, he had two 700 plus seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they brought in a couple guys with some NFL experience, which is always it's always interesting to see how yep. that goes, right? The transfer from the NFL some, to the it's CFL, big time hit or miss, right? Like, yeah. But but I mean, Terrence Williams, five seasons in the NFL, over three thirty three hundred uh, yards in eighty three games with the Dallas Cowboys. So you know he's got a great resume there. If if that experience and that skill can translate into the CFL, and God willing it will, <laughs> um, I think that you know the Red Blacks have some potential on their hands. And um, yeah, this is just you know the, this team is what it is. They're trying to figure stuff out. Um, I Dom Davis. You know, in in the last game, one one of the blessings of being in Toronto last weekend was that I I missed most of the game. <laughs> okay. um, aside from, for those of you who don't know Toronto, or for those of you who know Toronto, uh, we we stopped in the. You Rhino. were in traffic during the game. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we stopped at the Rhino at about eleven o'clock because okay. I'm a youth and I stay out late. Um, and As they had know, the game yeah. on TV. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention, but I did see the score and went, wow. I think at that point it was it was not good. No. I don't even remember what the score was. It was not good. 45 to 13 was the final. Mm. Sucked. Um, I, can, I don't remember what point I was trying to make, but the Red Blacks are not good. And they need to get better. So hopefully bringing in a new crop of wide receivers and giving them a shot will help with that. Well, you're so right. And it, it, it's I wouldn't listen to the show if it felt like, oh, she's trying to protect her whatever connections sources whatever you want to say right and and it's no different than than a lot of shows you listen to podcasts or radio shows or whatever you you can tell the difference between those who are just putting the positive spin on everything and those who are willing to go no this isn't good enough right now and i think the fact that you have still been invited to do something like this is absolutely as you've mentioned a credit to the fact that i got to cover the team in a way that's legit for the listener but I don't need to be taking personal cheap shots at the players who largely I've never met before or have never done anything wrong to me. So, um, yeah, I think this is going to be awesome. Wednesday, September 22nd, and uh, we will make sure those links get out there as you get to talk to a member of uh, perhaps the team that has most recently stressed your heart to its absolute max in sports yep. at all, at any cost. I might ask her if she's planning on paying for my medical bills. <laughs> um, but I, I, I tweeted this and I honestly think it's true. Like th- this has to be one of Canada's favorite teams right now. Oh, I think and, so. Like going forward. Yeah. Like that, no one didn't get into this team. No, no one didn't buy into this The team. ratings for that game, despite it being at like seven in the morning, were like... They didn't set like all time, cra- but I'm sure if you ask for TV ratings for that time of day, they shattered them, right? Like, yeah. um, and was one of the most watched uh, sporting events in Canadian history and probably the most sporting, uh, most watched sporting event of the year thus far. Like, you're so right to say that a team played for a gold medal in front of no fans at an Olympic Games at 7 a.m. and the country was still watching. Like, that's incredible. So, uh, I think this is awesome. Congratulations on the opportunity. Thank you very much. Um, and and like I mentioned, you know, this is this is a very weird time in sports right now. But you know, we talked a couple weeks ago. I think it was last week about the Jays and how I was hoping to really focus my attention on the Jays now that um, the Olympics had wrapped up and the World Championships had wrapped up. And I did that, Matt. <laughs> I did it because they played at three o'clock today. 
Exactly. Um, but, and, and because they are on an incredible run right now. Like September is their friend. <laughs> Seems to be. I, I, I believe it was the game on Saturday. Was it the 22? Oh, God. To, yeah. What the hell happened there? I don't even remember the score. <laughs> I, I just I got the highlights because I was in Toronto. And I, was, I, I saw something about 18 runs in one inning. And I was like, I beg your pardon. Yeah. Insanity. For one team? Yes. Uh, oh my god. And so there's a double header there, right? And they they come all the way back from a piss poor outing in the first game um to come back and win it. And then in the second game they're getting no hit by a nobody into the sixth. And of course double headers are only seven inning games. They come back uh, and put up eleven runs in the seventh inning. And after all this happens and they go ahead and they win again on Sunday to grab three to four from Baltimore, which you should do. But you're like, man, they've won 11 out of 13 games at that point. And you've picked up only a game and a half on first place Tampa Bay. Like, it's been enough to to move into a wild card spot and absolutely reassert yourself. You're like, man, is Tampa good, right? Like, yeah. you just cut the gap. I, under, I don't think anyone is expecting. It, it, there would have to be a collapse of epic proportions by Tampa and Toronto to continue the pace they're on to actually catch Tampa. But just to see that you'd won 11 out of 13 games and we're still 10 games back of Tampa is absolutely insane. They end up winning on uh, Monday against Tampa, losing on Tuesday, like I think it was 2 nothing. Um, you know, when the offense dries up, it dries up hard. Uh, and then Wednesday, last I saw before we started recording, uh, it was 4-1 to one for Toronto. I'm not sure where that stands right now, but man, it's... It's been a hell of a run for this Blue Jays team. And I don't know. Like, there's still something that freaks me out about Tampa because that crazy warehouse that they play their home games in is like a house of horrors for the Blue Jays. And assuming that you win a wild card game, uh, which is a total coin flip, no matter who you play, um, you're waiting on Tampa. So there is something in my head a little bit about playing the Rays and how that's all gone. But at the same time, the the pace that the Blue Jays have cut, I, I think Tampa should also be really nervous about Toronto. Absolutely. And, you know, TSN actually just tweeted this out. Robbie Ray, through the last seven innings, has had 101 pitches, 77 strikes, 26 balls, Ooh, 13 boy. strikeouts. Oh, man. What the actual hell? <laughs> Little known and, fact, and his full Ray, name, someone... Robert Raymond. Robert Raymond. Yeah, probably not. Sorry. Uh, ass meat is what Twitter has taken to calling him after those tight pants. We asked you early in the season what you thought about the tight pants, and at the time oh, you hadn't really right. t- you hadn't really taken notice. Have we noticed the tight pants yet? And now are we ready to comment on ass meat Robbie Ray's season this year? Listen, I, I in full disclosure, I have not noticed, and and the Come only on. and You're part the only of the one reason I'm not noticed. saying it, yeah. Matt. I would get eviscerated <laughs> if me, a human woman, talked about a human male's uh, ass meat. I'm commenting on it. I'm gonna, I'll happily talk about Robbie Ray's ass meat, tightly wrapped into some tight, tight pants. I don't Point. know what you're doing, buddy, but it's working. Cy Young caliber. Keep at her. So fun times with with the Jays. They're in a wild card spot right now that we all know how quickly those things change. But hey, if you're going to get hot, September is the month to get hot. Yep. And we've seen this team do this before. And, and, and that's what makes it so exciting. You're right. Tampa is a beast. And 
the prospect of, of, of trying to take them on is, is terrifying, but you know, making the playoffs in the first place is just mm-hmm. what this season has been so amazing as a fan. And, and again, I say that as someone who hasn't been fully dialed in through most of it. And even I know if you're watching the highlights, how much fun these players are having, like let these fans have some playoff baseball. It's been incredible, honestly. And, and it's, it's fun and you're seeing it kind of, it's had to be outside the AL East, but you are seeing other fan bases go, that's a likable team. Like, that's a fun young group. And after that uh, four-game series last week in New York, their their play-by-play group's like, we've seen enough of the home run jacket. That's stupid. Like, well, tell your guys, stop giving up fucking home runs. Like, you won't have to see it quite so often. Stop having fun. Right. (laughs) So these are the sorts of things that we're seeing happen. And most teams that aren't in a, direct playoff race with the blue jays you know this is a fun young team and this happens like um when your team is just young and full of superstars people really like them and as they get older and become prominent and regular contenders they're not as much fun anymore because they're always the one in your way or beating your team when the oilers first got going with dry saddle and mcdavid and all this it was fun everybody liked them and now everybody's like well their management's stupid and we're sick of that whatever when pittsburgh was young and exciting everybody liked them when chicago was young and exciting everybody liked them but once you start winning shit and you know constantly getting it done everybody's like well these assholes now chicago thoroughly <laughs> a little bit extra. thoroughly unlikable right now for off ice reasons and and i think we'll probably get to that later but you know this happens and and the blue jays right now are that team and when you look at young guys like bichette and like uh like guerrero obviously marcus simeon a really likable guy i think he's you know having the season of his life whether or not he's going to be willing to stay in toronto will be something we'll have to talk about down the road um but you know barrios likable uh ryu no one seems to have a problem with ryu except for blue jay fans that have watched his last couple of performances little concerns maybe <laughs> but it it's a team that hasn't yet pissed everybody off right and so mm-hmm. um it's been a blast to watch and if they can finish this off like i said i, I as we sit here right now i don't know where that uh, that wednesday afternoon game is but if they can finish off tampa here and take another series and, and just keep chugging along they're putting themselves in really good position to make this happen. As you said, they're sitting in a playoff spot right now. And I don't know. Look, any wild card game, because it's one game, it's a total coin toss. Don't care yeah. who you're playing. Total coin toss. But when you get into a series and you start looking at how teams may line up their rotations and the lineups that you might face, uh, Toronto's scary. I, I don't think people are looking forward to playing Toronto. I wouldn't. That's yeah. for sure. And, you know, the, the the big thing, too, is in any other season, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. would be the MVP. Yeah. yeah. Unfor- I want to say unfortunately, but really fortunately for baseball fans, they've also had Shohei Otani. Yep. So, you know, probably not the year for Vladdy, but he is putting up an MVP cal- caliber season, leading the league in home runs right now with, as we record this, 45. But Well, I'm glad you like, brought this up. Let me ask you your opinion on this, because... I, I am, I think, I think I'm still with you. At the beginning of the season, the first half of the season, essentially, I was all in on Shohei Otani is by far the MVP and based almost entirely on the fact that he's doing it on both sides of the ball, right? To borrow a football term. But he's cooled off on both sides in the second half. Um, no, he's not terrible on either side, obviously. But... 
he would no longer be my vote for a Cy Young, and he would no longer be my vote for an MVP like on the offensive side of the ball. So when you combine the two things that he is doing into one player, he is incredible, and maybe that is still enough to move you into MVP territory. Assuming we were just talking about a pitcher of the year and a batter of the year, he would be, as in terms of a combination, right, the only guy. Um, but the fact that he has cooled off a little bit on uh, on the batting side and, and a little bit on the pitching side, still very good. Would that change your mind at all on either one of them? Because I don't think he wins either one of those like offensive or defensive player of the year anymore. But the fact that he's doing it in one package is maybe still enough to get him MVP. What are your thoughts? That's a good question. And I feel like what we what we so often do in sports is it's it's very much a what have you done for me lately yes. world, right? <laughs> and we you know if someone slows down halfway through the the season or whatever, we so easily forget what they did at the beginning of the season. And yep. baseball in particular is very easy to make that happen because the season oh, is so long. So far. And I, I, admittedly, I did not watch a ton of Shohei Otani. I just kind of caught what he was doing in the highlights. And just based on what I saw, especially at the beginning, mm-hmm. he was doing something we hadn't That's seen right. yeah. anybody do. And, and you and I talked about that. And I think that needs to be acknowledged. And he, mm-hmm. and, and sure, he's probably he's, he slowed down on both sides of the ball. But he's still doing it on both sides. Yeah, and that and and I listen it, for people who are going to make a case for Vladdy, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, of course, obviously I'm biased. Yeah, no, of <laughs> but course. I I feel like it, you have to you you have to acknowledge what Shohei Otani did in terms of no one's ever done it and no one will probably ever do it again. Yeah, those April and May numbers are worth every bit what August and September numbers are worth, we just have forgotten, right? <laughs> so exactly. It's, it's, How quickly it's, we forget. Yeah, it's been a while. We've been through some shit. And uh, I think I'm... Well, we have, just in general, right? <laughs> like it's, we've all been through some shit. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think... It's just weird because we've never done this before. It's been like 60, 70, 80 years since you've seen anybody doing it like this, right? You've got to go back to the babe almost before you're talking about people who can pitch and hit like this guy. And so it almost though, I guess the reason I ask is it's almost like is this guy the story of the year or the player of the I th- like if there wasn't oh, we don't do the the MVP thing has never been discussed like this. I think on principle, if you just said who's the most valuable player to his team in general, you go, yeah, Shohei Otani. He hits like a monster. He pitches like a monster. End of story. But we don't do it that way. We've always done MVP is the guy who bats and Cy Young is the guy who pitches. And I, I guess the question becomes, are we prepared to change the criteria so that Shohei Otani, who is... Uh, one of the best hitters in baseball and one of the best pitchers in baseball, but isn't the best at either one, is the total package enough to become uh, MVP? And I think you're right. I think it is because it's so unique, but I think the uniqueness is the part that's making it hard to quantify. Yeah, that's true. And and you're right. The, the, the definitions of these awards mm-hmm. we get so bogged down yes. in them, right we do we do this with the heart trophy of course every year we too. Do. um and and i think if it's 
better for the sport, then they should do it. And, yeah. I, and I do think that – I think giving it to either of these players is better for the sport because you've either got a player who's done something no one else have, has done mm-hmm. or you've got a young up-and-coming star, which I realize Shohei Otani also is. Yep. Um, but you've got a young up-and-coming star on on a team with a fan base that is, I, I would think, growing, right? Like, like the Jays oh, haven't yeah. had real success since the early 90s anything to engage this fan base and, and I think engage other fan bases with this team is better for the sport. Sure. So I, I honestly think you could make a case for either one in terms of the betterment of That's the sport. That's the best part of it. That's what makes this all the, the more fun is even as I'm sitting here making the argument, I'm going, Psh, yeah, sure, fine, vote, vote for Shohei. <laughs> like, I'm good with that. I, I, I don't have a heart. I think the when you come down to the end of the season and there's still a debate, I think that's awesome. I think when people sit around over a pint, maybe Michaela, and uh, maybe. and discuss the sporting news of the day. I think that's awesome, and uh, and you could easily do that here. I won't have a problem if either one of these guys win it. Um, but I think the debate is the fun part. Exactly, exactly, and that that's the fun part of this season. September, this part of the season. Yeah, September baseball is awesome. It always for so many reasons. I, it so is. Uh, but now we have to talk about not awesome stuff. All right. And that is the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, yeah. Who continue to be not awesome. Um, <laughs> and they do it well. They do it so, so well. Uh, essentially, uh, an American think tank that studies child sexual abuse and prevention is asking the U.S. and Olympic Paralympic committees to suspend Stan Bowman from his position as the U.S. men's hockey team's GM. The one kind of thing I saw flying around after this story came out was how the hell has this not happened yet? Right. Right, uh, like how how is he still there? The Blackhawks, USA Hockey, everyone's just pretending like this giant scandal isn't hovering over the Blackhawks right now. On uh, Wednesday morning, and this will be podcasted if you wanted to search it out for yourself. It was at 11 a.m. Uh, on In the Box on TSN 1200. Steve Lloyd and Steve Bunda uh, interviewed Rick Westhead, who has done a bunch of the heavy lifting on this sort of reporting for TSN. Uh, that's you know, without mentioning, of course, Katie Strang and Scott Powers of The Athletic, who've also done some fantastic reporting. Um, but they had Rick Westhead on TSN 1200s in the box and asked him about what was going on with all this. And, and we should mention, you know, if you're more of a casual fan, that while Stan Bowman is the GM of the U.S. Olympic hockey team that's supposed to go to Beijing uh, in February, he is the GM of the under siege and rightfully so Chicago Blackhawks. And maybe I'm wrong, maybe not under siege enough Chicago Blackhawks, because one of the things the request had was, uh, was talking about is how this has not become the biggest story in hockey. And I think part of it goes to, as he suggested, the fact that for fans, sports is supposed to be an escape from the bullshit you deal with in your day-to-day. And we're all dealing with some bullshit day-to-day. And so you turn on your sports, and you're like, hey, here's something awful happening in your escape. And maybe people just don't want to grasp onto it. But at the same time that Rick Westhead is having this conversation with Bunda and, and Lloydie, they're also doing the Larry Nasser opening trials with the U.S. Olympic gymnastics team and his trial and Simone Biles is speaking and some of her teammates are speaking about just how these things continue to get buried. And I think 
there's a part of me that doesn't understand why Stan Bowman hasn't already stepped aside from his Olympic duties. I know the Blackhawks are where he draws his day-to-day paycheck, and if they're standing by him and they're standing by the fact that they did everything they could, which is bullshit, um, I don't necessarily, if he believes that, I don't necessarily blame him for not stepping aside from the Blackhawks job where he's a, you know, the, the GM. How do you not recognize the storm you are inviting to the Olympic team, not just the Olympic hockey team, but the, the cloud that you're pulling with you over the winter Olympic team that is going to go to Beijing in February. And for them to suggest, um, for people to be saying to the United States Olympic and Paralympic committee, this guy should be removed as the GM of USA hockey going into those Olympics to me just makes good sense. Like the, the cloud that you're inviting is, is unbelievable. And until we know how culpable the Blackhawks were and how much they looked the other way on, I don't know how you could still think it's possibly still a good idea to have this guy represent your nation and be the one selecting the team that will go to the Olympic Games on behalf of USA Hockey. It's almost unfathomable. And it just speaks to how much they probably don't think this is an issue. That's it. They, they will look at this and say, oh, it'll blow over. Yeah. It'll go away. And, and that's exactly what the Blackhawks are trying to do. They're, quote unquote, launching an investigation. They're, you know. It's frightening to me, and I wonder if you agree that they might be right. I, I, I'm terrified of the fact that they might be right. Yeah. I think it is, you know, kudos to Rick Westhead and Katie oh, yeah. Strang and everyone who's been covering um, this story because it's up to them and it's up to us as, as readers and viewers to not let it go away. Right. And I've seen people, you know, the Blackhawks will tweet something like, and I know, hey, their social media team didn't do this, but no. you get the point of... of That's some 22-year-old making yeah. nothing and, and we're going to take it out on them usually. But the the point is to keep this topic front yes. of mind for yes. everyone seeing that tweet. And, you know, you, you've seen people, there'll be a random tweet from the Blackhawks and, and they'll quote tweet it and say, okay, are you going to release the results of the investigation? Right. Right? Like, we have to keep asking those questions. Yes. And um, we are part of the ones who get to d- determine whether or not this goes away. And, and it shouldn't because they don't deserve to get away with this. And I know this kind of, these, these discussions can be very stressful for people who may have experienced sexual assault right. in in the past. Um, so, you know, it's, I, I encourage them to, to do whatever they have to do to protect themselves and to, to care for themselves and maybe not, you know, may, maybe limit the amount that you're exposed to this kind of discussion. And yeah. I, 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 I realize how much keeping it front and center can be damaging to those people. Um, but I think that, most of us, at least I assume most of us can agree that the important thing is that the Blackhawks are held accountable for what they, for the role they played in covering up possible sexual abuse, alleged sexual abuse on right. their team and in their organization. And all signs are pointing to the fact that they did. Me, um, I know nothing has been proven and we still have to yeah, say alleged. Uh, this entirely, this entire conversation is allegedly right. That, But that, it's not looking yeah. good. And I just, I do want to shout out, you mentioned Simone Biles. I do want to give kudos to Simone Biles, Michaela Marooney and Ali Raceman and Maggie Nichols, who spoke before the Senate yes. uh, today at the Senate hearing about Larry Nassar's abuse. And 
equally as important, the system that covered up his abuse and the mm-hmm. FBI's role in it and the USA Gymnastics role in it, um, you know, to deal with everything that they have all dealt with, you know, being abused to yeah. begin with and yeah. then being, oh, you know, the faces of USA Gymnastics performing at high levels. We saw the abuse that Simone Biles took during the Olympics for trying to protect her mental health. Oh, and she's also doing all this and trying to make sure that the Larry Nasser um, abuse stays at front and center right. and, and that he is held accountable and the people who enabled him are held accountable. Um, I just, I, I'm blown away by, by all four of, of these women and, and everybody, um, unfortunately who, who, you know, experienced abuse from Larry Nasser and Simone Biles in particular deserves um, a lot of credit for what she's done in the last couple of months. So wanted to give them a shout out. Couldn't agree more on that front. Um, And let me just ask it and and maybe it shouldn't be like, maybe it's a shitty question, but right now, despite the fact that more and more people are coming forward in reports by Scott Powers and Rick Westhead and, and Katie Strang and lending their names to this people like Paul Vincent, people like Nick Boynton, people like Brent Sopel. Like there are people coming forward and putting their names on this. These aren't all anonymous sources There are people saying, yes, this happened and putting their names on it. Um, despite all that, it does remain alleged and so in an unpopular sense, there is a part of me, and I, I, this is why I'm floating it, and I, I want to get your honest reaction to it, that says if the Blackhawks in general are under siege, and Stan Bowman was a part of the original group that guided them to the Stanley Cup, but also received these complaints and reports and did nothing about it until after the Stanley Cup run of 2010, um, you know, to not have any kind of distractions and whatever on your bullshit Stanley Cup run. And um, there's something about the fact that, to me, the the GM of the Chicago Blackhawks is your job, and you're going to sink or swim with your employer because you were, you know, one of the very tippy top guys as a part of that employer. So whether he resigns or steps away or whatever from the Blackhawks at this point is somewhat irrelevant to me because he's tied to it regardless. The Olympics is supposed to be different. This is supposed to be, and I, I've railroaded on the IOC before and the IPC and what the Olympics are supposed to stand for versus what they actually stand for, all these things. But there's supposed to be this higher calling of representing your country and, you know, being a part of all of that, that even if he wasn't prepared at this point until real evidence was found or whatever to step down from the Blackhawks, shouldn't it be a no brainer to go? I don't want to be a distraction for the overall United States olympic team like to me they're different somehow or is that just you know what i'm saying like well i I imagine and the cynical part of me is thinking that if stan bowman steps down from usa hockey from his role as gm he's admitting some sort of fault and he probably views it that way yeah and then the the conversation becomes how long before you step down right as the gm of the blackhawks and i'm not i'm not saying i don't think that should happen right no 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 (laughs) but um 
I, I think that if I if I know anything about hockey men, and I like to think I do because I spend a lot of time around them, unfortunately, um, admit and I'm sure his lawyers are saying the same thing. It, it, doing anything you're admitting to guilt. That, exactly, exactly. And you know, in this world of of being right and winning is more important than doing the right thing. Yeah, which it clearly is. In, in this case, yeah. because someone is lying, right? Like, oh, you've yeah. got several players on this team saying, yeah, everyone knew about it. And then Mark Bergevin's over here saying, I didn't know about I it. I didn't know about it. Kevin shoveled it up. I didn't know about it. Yeah, you know what? You were like top of the pyramid executives in Chicago, and now you're... So either you did know about it and you're lying, or you were terrible at your job and no one looped you in on this. Pick one. <laughs> like, Which one are you? Are you exactly. awful or are you awful? Like, it's your call. I hate <laughs> this sport sometimes. Yes. It's it's enraging. And like, I, I like this, it comes back to, I know this stuff is really hard to talk about. And I'm someone who, you know, looking at this from a position of privilege, like I don't have PTSD from talking about right. sexual assault. I'm, you know, I have not experienced it. Thank God. Right. But imagine being someone who has. And and hearing this and hearing that, you know, another organization covered up an abuser, allegedly, I, I, I still have to say that, yep. allegedly, and they continue to do that. But don't you think, like, I guess to me that brings me back to my whole, I can choose, uh, I hate the Blackhawks now. I, I can find a way to get on board with the Blues or the Wild or something else. I got to cheer against my country? Because it's like, to me, they're, and it's, it, this is that whole thing that the USOC and the IOC floods you with. It's supposed to be this national pride and whatever. Get that guy away from my fucking national team. Like I, it's it's just different. One to me is pros. They're not different in terms of what the consequences have been for the victims. Mm-hmm. But moving forward, they're different in the sense that you know, in in the way that I want to view this. Right. In terms, of one is pro sports. It's all money. I get it. You're all shitty in some way or another. But I would like it very much if once you pulled on that red, white, and blue jersey, if I wasn't being reminded. Like, when they do that horribly cliched pan of the camera up to the GM box and you see the U.S. management team, please do not show me someone who helped cover this up. Like, maybe I'm just pulling at straws, McKay, and that's why I wanted to run this by you is because I know you've heard my ramblings on this sort of bullshit before and and often you're a more you know level-headed approach to this but there's just something different like when i see the blackhawks logo or the leafs logo or the what yeah sponsored by molson on scotia bank wednesday night hockey now i'm at the olympics and i just want to see my flag and i don't want to see some bullshit guy who helped cover up a horrible whatever tied to it like to me they're somehow different and maybe they're just not like maybe to me that's being idealistic but no i I mean i I see where you're coming from i I also think that like i get to watch team canada sponsored by omega every year (laughs) right so you know the olympics the world championships whatever like they're all they're all just yeah no you're right you're right as anything else but I, but i get the sentiment because i'm one of those people who like i, I think national pride is a ridiculous thing i it didn't is. do anything i didn't do anything to be born here no like, i have no reason total to be luck of the draw Canadian. and then that puck drops i know and i become a different person and i this know a it. lot of people they, I, I i get that everything um, outside of sports i go nationalism is stupid but yep. once you put once my guy puts the red shirt on and your guys puts the blue shirt on and we're representing our co- 
Kill him. Right. Get him. Right? Like, yeah, you're the bad guys, man. Yes. I was ready to declare war on Sweden in the gold medal game in, in women's soccer. So, yes, like, of course. I totally get where you're and coming Sweden, from. And Sweden, I mean, super hateable, right? Like, we all hate Sweden, oh, right? Come like, on. <laughs> At one point, I think Christine Sinclair got tripped, and I was like, that's it. Declare war. I don't care. Like, you <laughs> leave our queen alone. Right. Um, but but I see what you're saying, and, and you know, again, it's all very logical. It is the right thing to do, if if only yes. for the fact of taking this attention away from from your team and letting them focus on hockey. Also, it's the right thing to do because you you allegedly have done, done something, something very awful, and, and you deserve to suffer the consequences. And I think that my mind is just so focused on that yes. and focused on Stan Bowman and, and everyone in management being held accountable for the role that they allegedly played in this. Right. And if it's proven that they did, then A, we better get the results of that. And I trust Rick, West, Rick Westhead to be going through their garbage and, yes. and doing everything he can to to get the results. Same with Katie Strang, same with Mark Lazarus. Like, you know, the, the, the reporters Scott who are Powers covering this. Scott Power has been fantastic yeah, too, yes. They're doing a fantastic job, and I know that they will keep doing that. It's true. Um, but I I really, really hope that we know the results of, the, of whatever investigation comes out. Again, it, it, it's so hard because the investigation is being paid for by the Blackhawks. I get that it's a third party, and they're going to do their job. And they they want to you know make sure that they get clients in the future. Yeah, it's still being paid for by the Blackhawks. Yeah. yeah, and I have a weird. I do it's just it doesn't sit right with me. I I have no faith that that the truth will be revealed, whatever I'm, that is. I'm with you there. So now that we've uh, effectively brought the mood of this down, in case everyone needed, you know, more reason to be sad. Yeah, um, no, we've been such a happy-go-lucky society coming into this. Honestly. <laughs> Hey, do, hey! Reminder: If we want, if we want to flip things over to the positive, reminder: We will tweet out the uh, the link to get tickets to our dis- the, my discussion with Vanessa Gill on uh, Wednesday before the Red Blacks game. Awesome. So that will be at all our social media places for sure. Make sure you check that out. There's there's some positivity for you, Matt. How is your beer? It's all right. Uh, not quite as sweet as I would have expected based on the description, but it's pretty tasty. I got no, uh, yeah, this is my first ever pint from the, uh, the sleeping giant brewing company up there in, in Thunder Bay. So yeah, not too bad. How about yourself? Oh, as tasty as ever. Tasty. This, tasty. I, 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 I had a few sips earlier just to give it a try <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's an incredibly tasty beer. Like I said, exactly what I'm looking for this time of year. So love it. Excellent. All right. This seems like a good place to uh, to wrap things up for this episode. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Can as I, can always. I ask a question before you go? Sure can. What's coming up next on Mouchoir? Ooh, good question. We have actually might be on a bye week next week. Okay. I'm not too sure because the Red Black schedule is very weird. They're on a bye week this week, then they have a game on Wednesday, and then they have a game the following Tuesday. Wednesday football is weird. Tuesday it's football is even weirder. Weird. <laughs> and we normally record on Tuesdays. Okay. So Next Tuesday is out for scheduling reasons. We might do Monday if, if we Thanks get Thanks for listening. So you can get I'm, more TCA and Audio.com or by searching Talcan Audio on your favorite podcast. Or wrap it all into one with the, the next two games because the schedule is very weird. Um, now, so I should be, mention that uh, you've mentioned off the top of the show you're not going to be here next week. And so I don't know if this will take your normal slot. I'm going to keep asking around. But sometime next week, we're going to have our buddy Kevin Mickey from Sportsnet. Michaela, I know you will be listening intently to this one. we got a lot of wrestling to catch up on. Um, Kevin. Uh, yes. Yes. Kevin was, uh, is normally a guy who comes on before the big four pay-per-views of the year, right? The Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. We missed 
our uh, our SummerSlam appointment because I was on vacation. He was on vacation, actually in Ottawa. He texted me to ask for some beer advice. I'm like, oh man, I'm out of town. Uh, still gave him the advice, but he's going to be on next week. Uh, All Elite Wrestling has signed away CM Punk and Brian Danielson and is starting to make noise. They actually beat Monday Night Raw in the wrestling ratings last week, which is something I don't think anybody saw coming over the last 15, 20 years since WCW closed down. So Kevin Mickey of Sportsnet um, is going to come on and just talk about this shift in the wrestling landscape that uh, that has gone on over the last week or so. So uh, I know you'll be listening, Michaela. I know you can't miss these uh, these wrestling episodes. That I'm not sure exactly what day yet that's going to drop next week, but Kevin Mickey of Sportsnet will be on the show next week. Hey, I am a wrestling uh, guru, guru. As, as you know. Um, we actually, fun fact, we we spoke with uh, Alex Robertson um, last week on She's Got Game. She covers wrestling for, I believe, Slam Wrestling. Yep. Did that sound right? Yep. Um, I should know this because I interviewed her, but, <laughs> but it's just it's escaping me. And we talked a lot about wrestling, in particular the female wrestling side, which I know that you know I don't give credit to the WWE very often, but they have done amazing things yeah. with their women's division in it's the last couple no of years. No more mud wrestling and yeah. bra and panty matches and whatever. They wrestle now. Who the thunk? I should it? limit the credit I give to them because they're no longer. They have not. Yeah, exactly. No, they haven't. <laughs> they they weren't coming from a great takeoff point. Um, yes, but yeah, the bar you, was low, right. but it is higher now. And and I I honestly, like Josh talks to me about it a lot. Like I, I don't mind watching the women's matches because they've been really, really entertaining. Yeah. Um, uh, in particular, like Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss. Um, Fantastic. Uh, Shayna Baszler is a former MMA fighter who's now over there. Of course, Charlotte Flair is... Uh, Charlotte Flair, the queen. Of course. Um, Bianca Belair. And, uh, you know, there, there's they've done a really nice job of you're totally right that they don't deserve any credit in terms of where they've come from, but you can now watch it if you're a wrestling person the same way you would watch the men. It's far less about the the TNA of it all, right? <laughs> like it's it's exactly. now they're going to perform like everybody else, and yeah, it's gone uh, it's gone pretty well. And uh, the same thing's happening over on the uh, the AEW side, which is the new. The new kids on the block in the pro wrestling world. So Kevin Mickey's going to bring us up to speed on what's happened in the wrestling world over the last few months and why the all the cool kids seem to be moving to uh, to AEW. And uh, so that'll be fun. Kevin Mickey's been on the show a bunch of times. He's a craft beer guy as well. He's always got uh, some stuff to talk about there. So that'll be fun. Right on, right on. And yes, I will be away next week, but it sounds like you are in very, very good hands. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio, Facebook.com slash TallCanAudio. You can find me on Twitter at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. And you can find my craft beer pictures on Instagram at Craft in the Capital. We will see you next time on TallCan Audio. Woo! Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCanAudio on your favorite podcast app.